Welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. This podcast is all about tabletop gaming in small proportions. Now here are your hosts, Andy Lennox and game designer Jason Katarski. Hello and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast, episode 33, the beginning of the end, dot, dot, dot of the year i am jason Gatarski. <laughs> i am andy lennox awesome and um we're gonna talk about stuff we, yeah, we're gonna talk about the year all the cool games that we played this year and all the cool stuff we did this year and it's gonna be an epic three-parter three-parter we are crazy here this between the three of these podcasts it will equal less than one of most of our friends podcasts <laughs> <laughs> At one hour ish, we gotta we gotta hurry because even though we split it into three, there's still <laughs> too much stuff to talk about in one podcast. Totally. So this is what we thought we'd do. We thought we'd um, kind of hit something off topic to just kind of share something so you guys can get to know us a little bit more, kind of what what we're into besides games. Um, so this this week's off topic kind of best of kind of stuff that knocked our socks off, things that we enjoyed this year. We're gonna talk about some books that we really enjoyed this year. So Andy, what what did you what was your book man that you that you want to talk about so just by chance my buddy asked me like while i was out in california he lives out there i go out there for work sometimes he asked me hey i have this extra ticket to go see this do this author signing you want to come with me he's going to do like a presentation or whatever and i was like yeah sure let's go so i went and i ended up picking up his book it's randall monroe and the name of the book is what if serious scientific answers to absurd hypothetical questions. So while I was there, he did a presentation on what would happen if you took every element in the periodic table of elements, made a brick, like a, like a one foot by one foot brick out of each element and then made a wall out of the elements. So you were trying to build the actual periodic table of elements into a wall <laughs> and it didn't end well. It didn't, it, <laughs> What, it what? End well. So this guy's really smart. He used to work at NASA, and he um, he did robotics stuff, but he quit just to do cartoons. He's the writer <laughs> of X. He, yeah, he's the writer of XKCD. Uh, oh yeah. Really, yes, a really good webcomic, but he does this other thing, and he made a book out of it. So here's some questions from the book: What would happen if the Earth and all terrestrial objects suddenly stopped spinning, but the atmosphere retained its velocity? Again, uh, doesn't end well for any of us. <laughs> what would happen if you tried to hit a baseball pitch at 90% the speed of light? And he goes into the relativistic like properties of what's going on with that. Uh, and again, doesn't end well. And then there's <laughs> – this one's really great. What would – no, it's, it's, I wouldn't say great. It's pretty awful. But would it be possible to get your teeth to such a cold temperature that they would shatter upon drinking a hot cup of coffee? <laughs> oh dude that that is painful oh, i know it hurts oh. to just say it oh this is this is so this... a file under the kind of stuff that keeps people up at night people who are too <laughs> yes. smart for their own good <laughs> so i've been working my way through this book i'm not done with it yet um some of the things are on his blog uh just do a search for that it's super funny um so i highly recommend that book that's awesome. I have two quick ones that I want to I want to share about. So one one I just kind of I just got a couple weeks ago and I just uh, flew through it for me. I'm not a super fast reader, but um, I occasionally you know sit down and just dig in when I'm interested. And this first one was called Punk USA: The Rise and Fall of Lookout Records. So uh, I'm I, I kind of cut my my adolescent 
teeth on punk rock and that was the kind of scene that I was a big part of when I was kind of growing up and my teenage years to my early 20s and uh, Lookout Records was was the home of bands like well the big one was Green Day but before that there's this it was the East Bay California punk rock scene and this and this is just interviews about the start of that label and how they how they just built a community and how that community turned into awesomeness and then how Green Day got huge and then the label couldn't handle their hugeness and how this awesome label that was documenting this really cool scene fell apart and it was this kind of emotional ride for me because these is like all the bands that like made me fall in love with music stuff about Crimp Shrine and Operation Ivy and uh, the the queers and Mr T experience. It was it was a really fun book to kind of you know kind of see how small that scene was and how everybody kind of plays in everybody's bands and. So you're a history buff then? Oh yeah, totally history buff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Early '90s punk rock. <laughs> Early '90s punk rock history. <laughs> um. The other one is a really cool book um, that I'm still working my way through, kind of like yours, um, by uh, Blake J. Harris. And it's called Console Wars, Sega, Nintendo, and the Battle that Defined a Generation. And it's this really thick book about... Um, Anyone Nintendo. our age knows exactly yeah. Oh, yeah. what this book is about without you saying another word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About, because it's, it's so I remember good. getting a Super Nintendo and immediately saying, ah... I am a Super Nintendo kid, and those with Sega Genesis are inferior to me. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a time when those with the Sega Genesis were the superior ones over the I NES. I don't know if that ever happened, though. Oh, I mean, dude. Really... <laughs> they, they, they got close. They had their moment. But I was a Sega kid. I was what? a Sega kid. It's cl- that's as deep deep into video games as I ever got. So uh, it's really fun to, to read that book, though, because it doesn't cool. read like a boring history book, you know, book, and it doesn't read like, you know, I'm I have to be a killer uber gamer. Um, I, I I was tweeting at the uh, the author trying to figure out if I was gonna like the book or not, and he's like, I wrote it kind of like um, at the pace of like the Da Vinci Code, <laughs> you know, so just like <laughs> it's an action packed like story of this video game history that just such. Like just a part of our pop culture lives, it's it's really fun. And um, he's making a documentary. The author is making a documentary based on the movie. And then um, Seth Rogen and uh, that dude he works with all the time, uh, uh, Evan Evan James Goldberg, Michael? Evan oh, Goldberg, um, are making an actual feature film that's based oh, nice. on this book. So it's going to be super awesome, I'm sure. But uh, that's a fun book. I'm only like halfway through, but I'm I'm taking my time because I love it. Uh, so those are some books that we've been reading that that we enjoyed this year. Um, maybe help I think us... they're sufficiently nerdy to be uh, like applicable to our audience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. cool. Kind of definitely our niche interests of awesomeness. Um, and if you guys have recommendations that we should be reading this year, you know, tweet at us and let us know. That'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna keep trucking because you know we're so uh... we're gonna do our top ten, but it's gonna take us three episodes. So. <laughs> Yeah, so tonight we're going to do number 10, number 9, and number 8. Um, so we'll just kind of go back and forth, and, and, and we maybe have talked about some of these games on previous shows, so we won't go super in-depth. We're just going to kind of size up the year for you based on what we really loved. Um, and and some of these games are like new that came out in 2014, or some are like newer, but maybe we didn't get to them until 2014. I know there's a couple on my list that yeah. um, actually both... Don't bust our humps. We didn't even look on... 
Yeah, then... until, until after. <laughs> yeah, so the the first um the first three of mine here, ten eight and or ten nine and eight, um two of them came from 2013, but the rest all came out in 2014 for me. But before we get to that, I want to do my honorable mention. Is that cool, dude? Yeah, yeah, do it. All right, so this one I just got yesterday in the mail. So uh, so I, did I. I am super excited about it. I played one game with my wife, and it's fun, and it's going to be even better with more than two players. But it is uh, Eggs and Empires from Eagle Griffin Games by Benjamin Pinchback and Matthew Riddle, our buddies from right down the road who were on the show a couple times. Um, they got this great little game, blind bidding over eggs, and the strangest theme ever uh, with the coolest art to match. So it is a super fun game. It's just coming out. and I haven't played it enough to say it's in my top ten, but... I have a feeling it's going to get a lot of play because it's just the right level of gameplay for for my tastes. Great little games. Yeah, yeah that sounds familiar. Have I said that before? <laughs> That's my impression of you. <laughs> well, of... you just did your honorable mention, so I'm going to start off with my number 10. Perfect. My number 10 is Splendor. Um, episode 1? Was... Did we talk about that episode 1 or 2, I think? I don't think it was that early. Oh, whatever. Was it? No, it wasn't episode 1. Okay. But Splendor's great. Uh, we've said a lot about the game. The only reason it's not higher in my list is because I have a hard time getting it to the table with my current game group. They don't like the puzzly stuff. They like more CCGs or co-ops, and this is one is a very, like, it's a puzzle, but it's a diabolical, dynamic puzzle, and it's really fun, and I'd like to play it more. Uh, I take this one out to work with me whenever I go, and uh, there's a bunch of people out there gamers out there who like that one so splendor's my number 10 sweet my number 10 is bang the dice game by michael palm and lucas sack and i've talked about this recently but i love this little game because it is a little bit social deduction deduction a little bit randomness it's a great party game because it's like when you get in the resistance or werewolf it's like you gotta like really get into it and be paying attention and using your brain and like you can almost not use your brain in bang the dice game and totally enjoy exactly. it but you can you figure use out your brain so much then people will know what you're doing and then they'll figure <laughs> out who you are so you kind of got to zone out a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> it, you know it takes 15 minutes it, it it's like got everything that i think bang the card game should have had um but but this is just a better game in my opinion and i love it it's 15 minutes and it's like 15 bucks plays with a big group from three to eight so uh, bang the dice game is my number 10 awesome my number nine is Star Realms. Uh, Star Realms is a two-player deck-building game. Um, it really... I, I haven't played it a lot lately, but when the when the apps came out, uh, it was like nonstop Star Realms. Uh, and then when I got the game, too, it was, I was pulling it out at every, um, every chance I got. It it's a, comes in a little tuck box. It's $15.00. It's impossible to not pick up if you just see it. Um, and it does a lot of things that deck builders d haven't done right until now. Mm -hmm. um, I really like the like building your deck to match like to match the different factions. So there's like four different factions in the game and you pick the different colors and playing one playing a card of one faction will enable abilities of the same faction of that card um, if you play it. So, Building your deck up and making it fit one or two factions and making it really efficient. Um, it's just really fun, and it, it boils down deck building to this very awesome core. Um, I really haven't played very many other deck building games after this. Like 
after this one, there's not much else that I've played, so this might just be the penultimate deck building <laughs> game for me. I don't know. One for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. see what I played it once with you, and I enjoyed it. I, I, I Dominion still has my heart, because it just grabbed a hold of me, and I, I'm way too in, invested in that financially to, to pay too much attention <laughs> to the others. <laughs> but that's cool. That's a good choice. It's definitely a cool game. Um, number number nine for me is from Blue Orange Games, and I don't know if you've played this yet, Andy, but Doodle Quest. Have you played Doodle Quest? I haven't. I know all about it, but uh, I haven't. Yeah. Played... So Doodle Quest, um, for those of you listening who haven't come across it, is this beautiful, stupid game um, that you have a transparency and a dry erase marker, and you pull out this sh- this cardboard sheet, and it has a little puzzle on it. Like, um, there's some fish and some bubbles or something, and you have to, like, um, s- circle the fish without touching the bubbles kind of a thing. Um, but you, you don't actually get to put your transparency over that picture. You have the transparency in front of you, um, and the the picture's in the middle. So you're using kind of your spatial skills to kind of just figure it out and draw on this blank sheet of paper. And uh, it's ridiculous how uh, how hard this game is. And, and there's easy and more advanced. And the, the thing I love about this game and why it's on there is I've played this a ton with my five-year-old. And I've played it with some gamer friends. And... Um, it's like an even playing field and it's a, it's just a fun experience to see what people come up with. And my daughter feels really cool when she like is able to kind of pull off the puzzle. And sometimes she gets lucky and gets more points than me, but you're, you're drawn with dry erase markers, which is fun. And it's just this fun kind of sea theme themed pack of cards that you get to, you get to doodle on. It's, it's a, it's a cool game. It reminds me a little bit of like when I was in junior high, I used to play this game a lot where, you draw little boxes on your side of a sheet of paper, and they draw little boxes on their sheet, side of a sheet of paper. And then you you have to use, like, a, a pen that will soak through the through the paper. And then you, like, pick a spot on your side, and you make a dot and color it in. And then you fold over your sheet of paper so that your boxes go on top of their boxes. And then the p- spot where you filled in, you're now on the back of where you filled it in. You fill it in really a lot, and then... What you're trying to do is get that dot that you made to line up with, like, one of the boxes on their side so that when you fill in the dot again, it will, like, blow their box up and it's like Battleship. So you have to use, like, the same weird spatial... I I don't know of anyone else who's played this game other than, like, me with people in junior high. So if anyone, like remembers this please tweet at me because <laughs> there's a name for this or something you're gonna have to show <laughs> yeah. me this we're gonna have to play this at unpub or something <laughs> yes I'll, I'll, that's the game i'm gonna bring for unpub i didn't make it but i'm just gonna play it with everybody you can probably claim it like everyone has claimed a werewolf right like, it's just like <laughs> yeah. here you go here's a of paper and a marker uh 20 bucks <laughs> yeah, you're put rich. In a, just put in a really really fancy box <laughs> that is awesome okay so that was my number oh. nine was that yeah, your number so nine? My, so your number eight? I did my number nine, so I'm at number eight. My number eight for the year is Doomtown Reloaded. Uh, I did not pick this up at Gen Con, and then I regretted it. And then later, uh, I picked up like the deluxe set from somebody online. I can't remember the name now, and I'm going to feel terrible. So I'll I'll apologize on Twitter later. But um, <laughs> I picked up the deluxe set, so the deluxe set is beautiful. It's like this wooden box, and it comes with like actual poker chips with skulls on them and all the money is like metal and like comes in different denominations and all it comes with like the contents of two starter boxes of, wow. of Doomtown Reloaded. And 
the game is a it's a living card game style game where you, they're going to release cards periodically that you can add to expand the game. Um, and it, it's a reprint of like an old CCG called Doomtown. Um, and it is just a really, really difficult game to master. And I, and it takes like most of the matches that we've played have taken 10 minutes, but like the whole time, like you start in the middle of just a very difficult game situation, right? Like you start with, your five dudes, and they actually call them dudes in the game <laughs> rules. Like, these are your dudes. Um, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's thematic and it's funny. Um, so you start off with your dudes and you can move them to adjacent, like, plots of land. And your your goal is to have more um, uh, influence. Oh, I can't remember the, the terminology. More blue more blue chips than they have <laughs> red chips. And, and the dudes give you red chips and then, like, your deeds give you blue chips. So you want to build up your deeds by buying stuff and then kill all their dudes. So <laughs> it seems simple, but movement is very chess-like and moving around the board is very difficult. Like it would be hard to play this game if all the pieces were just like not unique and didn't have game text on them. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm just super intrigued by this game because I love just really complex games that play really quickly. Like, it's very deep. It's very difficult. It's impossible to master. Somebody who's really good at this game is going to mop the floor with you in two seconds. Hmm. And like that disparity of skill, like really attracts me. I, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that that's the kind of game I'm attracted to. Totally. I hate it. I just, just listen. <laughs> I'm like, this sounds hard. I'm going to feel bad about myself. The first time when I lose that game, I'm going to feel horrible about myself. Exactly. <laughs> I want to feel bad about myself when I'm done. So, yeah, it's a it's a great game that makes you feel bad about yourself. So <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, yeah, pick it up. Um, and if you pick it up, play with me at the next Gen Con. <laughs> there you go. So my number eight um, is uh, a little game we talked about on the show before, and it's called The Builders. This one's also from 2013, as well as uh, Bang the Dice game was from 2013. You picked up your own copy of this, right? After I yeah, I picked it up at Grand Con this year. The, the, the Builders Middle Ages by uh, Frederick Henry from uh, Asmodee. And what I like about it is it's like a 20-minute, 30-minute little Euro game, you know, where you're um, you're buying workers and placing them, uh, kind of getting the right resources in place to build little buildings. It's nice cards with some really cute artwork. It's fantastic looking. Um, and it's it's a it's a gateway game. You know, you can teach non-gamers, hey, like, this is this is a look into my, my little world here of, uh, of hobby gaming. And... Uh, yeah, the Builders Middle Ages. I mean, I just I uh, it plays good with two players. It plays good with uh, with four, and it's it's just a neat a neat experience. I think that that um, I don't know. Like, I'd rather throw this in my bag than uh, carry around one of those chunky big ones that does the similar thing and has twice as many bits. You know, um, this one this one was um, similar to me um, as Splendor. We played Splendor and Builders around the same time and they're, and they're, they have some similarities to them, but they do. Yeah. Just in the, like in the experience and the feel, you know, it's like a low time commitment, but very puzzly. Mm-hmm. And I, and I um, think probably what it comes down to for that. And, uh, me, me choosing the Builders is the look of this one, because I thought that the Splendor was a little bit boring looking on the table. Um, and not, not as exciting as the kind of fun cartoony, yeah. There is a theme to Splendor. There is a theme to Splendor, but it could have and probably should have been an abstract. Yeah, yeah. Or they should have went crazy and somehow enhanced the theme somehow. 
Uh, yeah, I saw some really good uh, like rethemes of it on Board Game Geek. Yeah, there was one that was like a they made it into a space game, and oh, it looked nice. like it looked better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. That'll I mean, be... the game, the, the production value of Splendor is like off the charts, but. Well, I think both those games are going to be around for a while. So uh, whatever you pick up, I I, I recommend them both. But um, the builders made my top ten. So cool. that's it. That's uh, that's ten, nine, and eight. So next time we're going to talk about uh, seven, six, and five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, let us know what you think. If you liked any of the games that that um, that we mentioned, or if you um, want to kind of put your own list. We'd like to see it, so send us a link to your blog or to Board Geek Geek or whatever, Board Game Geek, um, wherever you make your lists. We want to see them, because yeah, I, I, like, I like looking at what I've missed and, and seeing... Um, what fillers did we miss this year? Yeah, what fillers did we miss? And, and notice that me and Andy aren't doing specifically, like, filler. What are our top ten fillers? We're just doing top ten games. Mine are definitely going to lean a little bit more towards the filler side of things, because that's what I enjoy, where um, Andy's will be a little more of the heavier, medium games. I've got one, two, three... I got three that are not, yeah. and then one that is like uh, borderline, and then one that is—it's probably doesn't even belong in this show, but <laughs> it is my favorite game of the year. So awesome, <laughs> works for me. Hey, um, real quick, I want to give you guys an update on Green Couch Games. Is that cool, Andy? Oh yeah. All right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is—it's like I haven't mentioned it in uh, I don't know, probably like twenty minutes <laughs> since uh, since two episodes ago, but um. <laughs> I'm really excited because Fidelitas is finished production. Yeah, the, the games have all been assembled. They've been loaded onto a boat, and that boat um, left uh, around December 11th to start making its way across the ocean to the port in the United States, which it will then be transported to the warehouse and then out to backers, and then shortly after that, stores. So we are on track for um, January 7th is when it's scheduled to come to port. So we're hoping to start see the games um, going out to backers in the last week or two of January and uh, you can box, if you the yeah. box is so nice you Dude, guys it's sturdy it's pretty uh, the uh, cards so, are so I'm, nice I'm very happy the, with how this thing the first out. player marker is so nice everything about it is just just turned out really well. Well, thanks, dude. Thanks. And thanks yeah. for, if you help make that happen, that's awesome. At the beginning of the year, um, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the next game that I've, I've signed my next game. I didn't design it or co-design it. And um, it's going to be at the same price uh, point as Fidelitas, around that $20 mark. And it's going to be a great little card game. So um, be watching for that. But in the meantime, Fidelitas is, is happening. And um, you can check out the unboxing video I did of the production sample. If you go to the go to Kickstarter and search for Fidelitas, it's in the, uh, one of the latest updates there on the page. So, um, yeah, let us know what you think of it when you get it. Um, we'll probably have some more episodes before then. But I just wanted to mention to all of our backers and uh, listeners who, who are a part of that project that it is on its way and uh things have been pretty smooth so i'm i'm really stoked to bring that game to you guys yeah i'm i'm glad i bought 50 i mean two copies (laughs) (laughs) well you can i know a guy who'll sell you 48 more so (laughs) um all right thank you guys for listening if you want to hear more great podcasts um you're gonna go to dicetowernetwork.com and that's where you're gonna find awesome stuff you can subscribe to us 20 minutes of filler in itunes and follow us on twitter you can follow me at jason katarski and i'm at andy underscore linux and we hope that this year for the rest of the year and all of next year you can get out there and play some great little